North Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. I got to make room for him. Hallelujah. Meaning I got to be purposeful. Purposeful. I got to stop making excuses that I'm too tired. I got to stay making excuses that my, my job is too busy and I, I, I don't have no more energy and, and all these other things. I have to make room. I ain't safe for church, for him. <laughs> I ain't talking about just for church, for him. Meaning I need him on Tuesday. I need him on Saturday. I need him on Thursday. I mean, I, I'm, I'm waiting for a time to spend some time just between me and him. Intimate time. Hallelujah. We come here for fellowship. We come here to be strengthened. But what we need is him. 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 His person. His love, his reality, his truth. Hallelujah. I have to move stuff out of the way to get that. I mean, I got to sacrifice my show to get that. I might have to sacrifice my Netflix to get that. I might have to sacrifice that last bit of sleep that I want to get that. Oh, come on now. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. I don't know. We're going to get into the word. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> Let's go to Jonah chapter 4. And I'm just going to read the first six scriptures. I don't know how far we're going to get. I don't see no time. So the time is going to be actual. see it. Amen. When you got it, say, I got it. Jonah chapter 4, we're going to start at verse 1. Say, I got it. Anybody got it? <coughs> All right. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore, I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, and merciful, and slow to anger, and great and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, Lord, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city, and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth, and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what will become of the city. And the Lord prepared a gourd and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be a, sh a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, again, sit down. Again, again, sit down. So, this was not planned, just in case y'all want to, you know, those that came to Bible study. Amen? The woman of God actually tried to get us on the same page, but I purposely did not want to do that because sometimes it can mess with your message. You know what I'm saying? It can mess with where God's trying to take you because you feel like the other person trying to go the same way. I was hoping she was going to do stand, and then I could do sit. And then she did sit, so I said, well, I don't feel led to go nowhere else, so we're going to do sit again. Amen. So as we go over the postures of prayer, she did really, really well. Uh, I really enjoyed the word. Uh, and even going over sit down, I didn't even remember that particular scripture, that passage of scripture about Martha and Mary, which was just perfectly fitting. Um, I was more leaning towards Elijah <laughs> and him sitting up under the juniper tree and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you know, people who were sitting and going through some stuff. Because I don't know about you, that in times when I was sitting, I kind of felt more like them sometimes. 
I kind of felt a little bit like, like this guy right here. Amen? So we know when we come to the book of Jonah, and just to give a little bit of history of what we're doing, and we're going over this is why we pray. Amen? Uh, and why do we pray? We, we pray to become aware of God's presence and character, his person. Uh, we don't just pray to uh, become aware of what he can give or to have some type of exchange, but we, come, we pray to become aware of him, him, who he is, uh, a real relationship. It's the same reason why you talk to people, to know who they are, amen? So through prayer, we connect with God. Meaning, you know, we can be disconnected if we don't pray. So it, the lack of prayer, uh, uh, you know, weakens the connection the more we pray. And, and let's just take prayer out of the whole pious, you got to be, you know, in a certain mind or say these certain words. Prayer is just really just dialogue. This is essentially what it is. So you can pray without ceasing, meaning all day. Meaning you're always open for conversation with God. And he's always open for conversation with you. This is a person who always has his phone up to his ear listening to what you have to say. If we want to put it in layman's terms of what we do here, how you get in contact with people now, you call them, right? Or you go over their house. Since God is everywhere all the time, there's nowhere where you can be where he is not. So he's always listening. Amen? So all we have to do is talk. Talk to him talk to him. But not only talk, but we have to make sure that we listen. Meaning you wait for answers. And he answers many different ways. He answers through the word. He answers through scripture. He answers through uh, other ways of counsel. Other people coming in to give us counsel. Uh, he answers through many different ways. Through him speaking. He, sometimes he answers through dreams. Sometimes he answers through that thought that just won't go away that you don't feel like is the answer. <laughs> Because a lot of times when that thing that God is dealing with you about, it doesn't feel like you would be like, why I keep on thinking about this? Why I keep on thinking about this? It's because he's trying to use your, your mental capacity, your, your, your thought pattern to communicate to you. Amen? So he weighs things upon us sometimes through different burdens. And, and these are the ways he answers. Amen? So we pray to connect with him. And if we go over uh, kind of taking some of what theologians have said that the first prayer could be that when Adam and, and, and God was in conversation, even after the fall, and I, was, I would even kind of per se really say even before the fall, because it's just conversation, meaning they had a time where God would come during the cool of the day and come and talk to Adam. Come and talk, meaning God wants to talk to you. Amen? Many times what it is is we don't want to hear what he has to say. Because what he has to say, uh, it carries a certain amount of responsibility. It carries a certain amount of weight to it. It carries a lot of times, sometimes consequences, because you have to make choices. Because now after you get this information, you have to make a choice whether you're going to follow this information or not. Whether you're going to respond to it, whether you're going to do it, whether you're going to respect it. Amen? So many times what we do is we just depend on ourselves. This is called the pride of life. The pride of life is saying I depend on me to make the decisions that I want to make. This is what I feel like is the right thing to do, and this is what I'm going to do. And, and the Bible says man's ways always seem right in his own eyes. Meaning you always feel like you're right. How many times you'd be like, you know what, I'm wrong most of the time. Ain't nobody walk around just saying they wrong all the time. You feel like your viewpoint is correct because it's yours, because it's mine. And because it, I have evidence and I have validations behind my viewpoint, I have reasons why I feel this way, think this way, and I have other instances where other people have done this, and, they, and I have all this proof. So therefore, with having all this proof, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And you can't tell me that I'm wrong. Right? And this is why sometimes we struggle with praying because we don't want to be told, no, you're wrong. And the right that God, God's right does not always feel right. Or seem right. I know we don't want to say it, so I say it for you. Right? 
<laughs> if, if you have to apply, apologize and you don't feel like you did anything wrong, to God, that's right. Not defending yourself. To God, that's right. Forgiving when you don't feel like you need to forgive. To God, that is right. Forgiving someone who kept on doing the same thing. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. To God, this is right. But to us, when we, you come to us, we say, oh, this person, don't deal with them. Because they're going to do this, they're going to do that, they're going to do this. And you ain't got to forgive them. Forget them. Cut your ties from them. Don't do anything with them. Don't receive them no more. Right? Cut them off. I don't, and, and you are validated. By human's judgment, you are validated to do so. Right? But that's not always the way that God looks at things. So his right and our right, he says his ways are not ours. His thoughts are not ours. Meaning even the way he thinks about a thing is different than what you think. Because most of us feel like we're better than what we really are. I'm not that bad. I don't need that much discipline. Yes, you do. I do. I listen. No, you don't most of the time. We listen to ourselves. And we listen to other people who sound like us. That's the people we want to be around. So therefore, when somebody's different and they got a different viewpoint and they saying something different, we don't listen to that. Oh, that's just them. Okay. Okay. So this is why we don't want to connect with God. We don't want to always pray to the Lord because we don't want his right, his righteousness, you know? Because his righteousness is not always about principle. Most of the time, it's about your transformation. It's whatever's going to benefit your soul in the long run, not just right now. So most of the time, this is why he'll do, he'll do something that seems, it seems like it's very inconvenient for you right now because he's trying to benefit your soul in the long term. It's an investment. You don't get the fruit of doing good right away. Amen? So when we come to the book of Jonah, we, we understand that Jonah was a prophet, right? This is the only prophet where we see, you know, it's talked about where he did do some other prophecies to help, you know, strengthen the borders of Israel and, and, and other books. But this is, he only really had one word. He had to deliver one word. He had one job. But he did not want to do this job. So this morning, I want to deal with the people who are running, the runners. And you can be running and still be in the church. Meaning, you come to church, you know what church is about, you know you could be Christian and still be running. You run from the fullness of what God has called you to do and to be. We run from that, and this is why we run from prayer. This is why trouble has to make us pray. So if trouble got to make you bear down and pray, then you don't understand the, 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 the parameters of the, this relationship. Because trouble's already been provided for. <laughs> Meaning trouble is just a tool for revelation. That's it. If I really believe he's given me all things that pertain to life and godliness, meaning I, I don't really have no lack in him, but I have lack in my life. Meaning I have a lack of love, I may have a lack of understanding, I may have a lack of different things in my life. But with this lack, there's no lack in him. So this lack supposed to provoke me to come to the answer. Until I learn that this is the only answer that I need. Most of us, we have not learned it's the only answer we need. There are other answers. I.e., my opinion. That's my answer. 
right? My opinion is my answer. So what, what God is really trying to come after of when we go through trouble, we go through or we're running from his way is that he's coming after the idol, that thing that we worship, our opinion. I'm glad you prayed for me, man of God. I'm glad. Amen. So yeah, we're gonna deal with the runners this morning, but not only deal with the runners, we're gonna deal with this 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 exceeding anger. Because even after he obeyed, he was very, very angry. Have you ever been there? I did what God said, but I'm so mad about it. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm being so mad. And see, this is a mad, and see, this is where most of us come. You, people don't really know you angry is what you really are. And some of us don't even know how angry you really are. And this is why we got to say, again, let's sit down. Because when we sit down, then we can deal with why are you really angry. This is why the dance was so, so on point. Move all this other stuff out the way. And let's sit down. So what's, what's in you can really come to surface. The stuff that you feel like you forgave and let go, the stuff you feel like you over, you really not over, the stuff that when you, when you deal with those things, when you by yourself, those thoughts that come up that keep on, you say, well, I just ain't going to deal with that. And then you go and make yourself busy about other things. So you don't make no room for this to deal with that. So you clutter. You clutter the stuff. You clutter your life so I, you don't deal with the anger. Because you can do what God say and be like, mm, I got I listen. I did what you said. I'm trying to do my best. And this is what we say, right? I wanna, when you, and this is, the, this is the trick of the enemy. I try to do my best. I try to change. And as soon as I try to do that, I get frustrated. Because things don't go the way I expected them to. Right? You ever been there? Well, you said, well, God, I did what you said. Okay. Now let's sit down. Let's look at this. Amen? It displeased Jonah exceedingly. He was very angry. He didn't even see what happened yet. He's already mad. Why? Because this was a man who could not get away from the commandment of God. And from young to old in this room, you, we are people who cannot get away from what God is saying. It don't matter where you go. It don't matter what you do. It, you're the person that sticks out. You're the person that's the sore thumb. You're the person that everybody comes to to get answers. You're the person that feels like nobody's there for you. You're the person that God has set up to be a leader, but you don't want to lead. <laughs> you're that person yeah we're, 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 we're that person we are those people who wish you didn't have this level of responsibility or revelation about who God was so you wouldn't have to be responsible to live it so you won't have to be responsible to actually do it we want to pass Right? Can I get a pass? Can I do what them other folks is doing down the street? No. Can't do what they're doing. <laughs> and this is what we do. We get angry looking at other people's lives, lusting after their life. <laughs> Coveting for their life. I wish my life was that way. I wish I didn't have to go through what I went through. But there's a purpose of why you're going through what you're going through. It may not be God's will that you went through it, meaning it was man's decision that caused this foolishness to happen. But out of this foolishness, God is going to bring a purpose out of it. He's going to bring a goodness out of it because he knows he is good. And anything he is in, he can bring goodness out of it. 
So we have to deal with the anger. The anger that's there, that flares up. The short-temperedness. The short fuse. The anger that you hide behind your sarcasm. Because this is the slight way to be able to insult people. Right? You slight, you're slightly insulting them. Because you feel like they're not going to keep up. There's an anger you have to deal with. So you, your words can be seasoned with grace and not pride. Because sarcasm is rooted in pride that you know better than them. You know better than them. And since I know better than you, then I, yeah, I'm going to say it like this because apparently you're stupid. See, that's the way we feel like on the inside, right? We don't want to say it just to the person. Apparently, you're slow. So let's just, you know, I'm going to act like I feel sorry for you by saying it this way, even though I feel like you're slow. You don't see this? No, maybe that's why you're in their life. That's why they don't see it, because you do. Most of the time, God has put people together uh, in different relationships so you can get different viewpoints. So there's different things that you don't see that you're not going to see. And just because you see it and that person doesn't, does not make you better than that person. It doesn't. And many times we want, to t we want to take the place to answer the prayers that they're praying instead of allowing God to answer the prayer. Yeah. No, most of the time it's just our impatience. Because when God answers it, it's done. But when you answer it, there's an argument. That wasn't the answer. It's your opinion. It's your viewpoint. It's what works for you. But it may not be time for them to do that yet. Have you ever consulted God what's the answer for them? Boy, I ain't got that long. I got a name past the first scripture. All right. I think we only gonna get through that six, PT. We only gonna get through the six. <laughs> so he says what? He was displeased. Jonah was mad. He was upset. He, he obeyed God. Now he's mad. So he prays. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, what? I pray thee, O Lord. Was not this my saying? God, didn't I tell you? I told you they weren't going to listen. I told you that this was going to happen, God. Look at the attitude. God, this, is, this, was, what, this was my saying. Come on, let me get verse 2. Am I messing something up? All right. Amen. So he said, well, I pray. He's praying. And he said, oh, Lord, was this not my saying? Was I not? When I, when I was in my country, when I was at home, you don't have me travel to these people that are not even people. They're not even our people. I don't want to help them because they're not like me. I don't want to help them because they, 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 they really don't do good stuff. They don't deserve it. We're talking about the, 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 the capital of Assyria. We're talking about some wicked people now. We're not, talking about no, <laughs> we're not talking about somebody who just, oh, they stepped on your shoe. I'm talking about cutting out babies and out of pregnant women's stomachs and stuff like that. I mean, wickedness, violence, Right? So God still has a heart for these people. He has a heart for the murderer, the molester. He has a heart for those people. He has a heart for the hateful, the vengeful. He has a heart for them. I thank God he does. Because him having a heart for them meaning he got a heart for me too. So he said, well, I pray that, oh, Lord, was this not my saying when I was in my country? Therefore, I fled before unto charge. He said, this is why I ran. 
And for most of us, you got a reason why you're running. You got a good reason. This is a good reason to you. You are running. Why? Because I don't want the responsibility of doing what God says. I don't want that. I don't want to have to have faith and believe God and even go through some disappointments and even go through some pains and some hurts and still yet hold on. That's not popular to me. Right? There's some parts about this life that's not popular. Right? Walking through suffering is not popular. Walking through disappointment is not popular. Walking through adversity is not popular. Right? We have sometimes commercialized Christianity where you, you come and you, you get what you, you can get everything that you need right away. Like a microwave type of system, you know. All I got to do is say Jesus. Say it seven times. Turn around three times. Snatch it and grab it. Do all these, I mean, all these different things. Pull it down. We're doing all these different things by faith, right? And I'm not saying that these things, God does take the foolish things in the world to confound the wise. He does, right? But after you do all these different things and do all the spinning and do all the confessing, you still got to wait on some stuff. And that's still sometimes still a, a disappointment. Sometimes you still got to deal with that I have learned that God will make it to where the thing that you want is not what you worship. And the thing that you want could be a life situation. Meaning it could be the type of life that you want. It could be that, that becomes an image to you, to where you worship it to the point to where you start making decisions to try to make it happen. But that is what God wants to tear down. Because that's a life that he wants you to have. And that life and the life that we have an image of is not, does not always match. That's what needs to be torn down in our lives. Your life. Come on, let's just bring it back. If you give up your life, you gain it. So your life consists of what? Those dreams, the way you feel like you're like, even if you got scripture to say, well, God said this and God said that, God said, okay, that's cool. But let's go to Abraham. What did Abraham have to do? Put it on the altar still. You got the promise. Can you still give it up, though? Is it more important than me? That's what God wants to know. Is your success more important? Is your future more important? Is your money more important? Is your comfort more important? Are these things more important than me? Because to him, and see, we, we look at God like, why, why would you do this type of stuff to us? But he gave up the most important thing to him for us. I think if, if we really weigh this out, though it's not easy to do, yes, he can require our life. He said, but this is, this is why we run, though. That's why we run, because I don't want that. Let me get my life first, and then, God, I'll add you into what I'm doing. I done did it many a time. My faith means, God, I believe you for this, so therefore attach yourself to the thing that I'm believing you for. I have no pre-reference that God wants to do it this way. I, I'm not even praying to make sure that God is leading me this way. I, I'm not doing any of that because it's a good idea to me. Then it's good enough for my faith to be attached to it. He says, so therefore I fled. So for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and great of kindness and repentance thee of the evil. He said, I didn't want to do this because I didn't want them to be, I, I didn't want them to experience any goodness. I'm not going to tell, I don't want to obey you because obeying you means that somebody else is going to experience goodness at my expense. <laughs> Woo! 
some of us, while we don't want to sit down with God, because you know that's going to bring a goodness out of you that's uncontrollable. And you are scared that you don't want to be taken advantage of. You're going to be good when you don't want to be good. You're going to forgive when you don't want to forgive. Your heart going to let stuff go and you ain't going to be able to be mad as long as you want to be mad. As long as you feel like they, you deserve, they deserve to be, you know, to experience your anger. So the more time you spend with him, you, yeah, you can try to be mad, but then you just be like, mm, okay. And then you just move on. But when you, when you ain't with him like that, oh, you can stay mad for a good week. Good week. Good week. If not a few months. Right? But this is where some of us down in the pit of our spirit still angry about things. You angry. Angry that your life has not come together the way you want it to yet. Upset. Holding it over God's head. In a sense of, I will give you no more of me until you do this. Until you give over this. Until this happens, I can't give no more of myself. I done did it. I have. I ain't going to say that. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to you out of experience. I, I, show, I ran God. I don't want that. I don't want no full obedience because I did that before. I done tried my best to do that. And that full obedience stuff, I ended up hurt. I ended up this. I ended up that. All this other stuff, right? But is that a real reason? It seemed like other people got, off on, got, got over on me. Other people seemed like they got blessed by me. All these other things. But I ended up not being taken care of. I ended up being hurt. I ended up being the one that with the short end of the stick. I ended up being that person that, that, that didn't, didn't get the appreciation that they should have got. I ended up being that person. That's what most of us said. Well, I'm just going to rebel. Just enough not to get in too much trouble. Ain't that right? (laughs) I'll rebel until I feel like I'm about to get in trouble, and then I'll back up and say, okay, let me get it right for about a week or two, and then I'll start back rebelling again. Why? Because inwardly you're angry about past situations. Still upset. I learned something. You can be upset from two or three years ago, five, ten years ago about a conversation, about a phrase, about a facial expression. You can be upset about a situation. You can still be mad even when you don't want to be mad no more because it's rooted down in you now because you haven't dealt with it. So he said, no, I don't want them to experience goodness on my behalf. I obey you, and now they have a chance. If you're going to destroy him, God, destroy him. Why I got to be a part of this? And there's some people, we we want God to destroy them. We want God to destroy their lives. If we can be honest, destroy their life. Destroy their life. Get them back. But that's that's the anger that keeps us from really being intimate with God. Because he's like, that's not my heart. And if I do do that, I'm not going to do it just because they did something to you. I'm going to do it because I'm going to judge it to be just that it's supposed to be done. And if it's just, then I have to justly judge you about your part in it too. Because we forget about our part, don't we? We forget about that. By the time we come to this place of anger, we innocent. I've done nothing wrong. So we feel validated to hold on. To hold on. Not to move forward. Right? 
And see, there are some situations where you might didn't do anything wrong. But let God judge it. Let him judge it. One thing I do know, cry out for justice, but do it in mercy. You can ask God for justice. You can, but do it in mercy. Don't come saying, I want justice, God, because they did me wrong. No, God, I, I, I believe that the enemy has, has done me wrong in this situation. God justly judge this, but do it in mercy, God. Remember that you're still talking about maybe another person, another individual, another situation that's going to maybe affect multiple people. Anger blinds you. Right? This is why some of when we get, when you get real, real mad, you black out. Black out. Can't remember what you did. That means something else entered in. <laughs> or came out, yeah. Because it was already there. Something else took over. <laughs> and I learned that some of the nicest people are really some of the most angry people. Angry. Some of the nicest, you just nice and you just cordial. And, and, and see, it's the people who just go ahead and show it, they get a bad rap, right? But it's the other people. You have so much control over this anger. You think. That you're calculating when and how the best opportunity to let this anger go. That you'll wait years to make it happen. And sometimes unintentionally, yes. Because you're holding on to something for years, not knowing that you're still holding on to this thing. <laughs> Help us all up in here. Help us all. One thing I do know, all this week from Monday morning, I've just been sensing anger kick, kicking up. I don't think it's just us. I believe it's just something the enemy is doing. And I've been like, okay, God, help me to watch myself. Because I know what God delivered me from. I know what he delivered. That's one of the first things he got rid of when I got saved, because I was that angry. I was, I was, uh, I was bad. I was in a bad way. A bad way. And he's delivered me over and over again from anger. I mean, you got to keep on being honest about it. Tell your anger the, the real thing to go through your mind, tell it. If you want to kill him, say it. Say it. If you want to stab him, say it. You want to shoot him, say it. You, want, you hope something happened to him where they lose a limb, say it. Those vain imaginations that you have, you just feel like they want to, you just hope they get hurt to the core of who they are so they can realize that they wrong, so they can realize they do people wrong and they are this kind of person. Say it. Say it. It may be shameful, but say it. It may be somebody you love, but say it. <laughs> <laughs> say it anyway say it anyway be honest be real because God already knows what's going through your mind and all that ain't the devil oh, oh the devil no you got to call yourself a lie sometimes Ivan you a lie you're not gonna, we're not thinking about this today we're not getting no revenge this week I'm not going to fight this week you know what I'm saying like, and I ain't no fighter I ain't no fighter like that. I ain't gonna sit here and tell you. I like to watch fight, but I'm not no fighter. I love watching fights. Love it. But I'm not a fighter. <laughs> Amen? I ain't just gonna go run into no fight, but I feel like if I get in one, I'm gonna make sure I end it. Oh, yeah. Even if that means if you ended it, that I got to go and end it again later on, I'm gonna make sure I end it. You're gonna feel me some way or another. Oh, yeah. So God know. God know where my mind go. I go on some old black ops stuff. 
So I have to, I have to get out of that, getting silencers and getting black gloves and learning how to creep around people's houses and stuff like that to try to get people back. So nobody knows, nobody hears a gunshot go off, nobody hears anything. Quiet is kept. Yeah, that's where my mind goes. So I, I have to watch my anger. Then my wife would be like, all right, honey, it's time to stop talking about that. She had to stop me. She's like, okay, okay, Dudley, calm down. <laughs> yeah, because I'll get upset and be like, yeah, I, I wish they would do something. I'm going to break their leg. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't want to fight. I want to do harm. That's, 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 that's the type of anger that I deal with, so I have to get that off of me. I have to get that off of me. Amen? But we don't want people to experience God's goodness through our lives because we don't want to be at the expense of being used by God. That it seems like other people get to get away, and they don't get to be held responsible for what they've done. Because this is what Jonah was mad about. Why should I go talk to these evil people? Why should they have a chance to repent? Why? Why should they have a chance to repent? He's praying this. This is his prayer. This is why I told you, God, I ain't want to go out here and talk to these people. Because I know, I know you. I know you, God. I know you. And this is where some of us are at. You know God. You know once you humble yourself, certain things are about to happen that you don't want to happen. You're scared that there's certain things that are going to happen that you don't want to happen, that you'll be in a situation that you don't want to be in no more. So he said, I'd rather take control of this guy because when you got control, it seems like I don't win. It seems like I, I don't win. And this is why, you know, you got to do, it's a scenes. You got to wait it out. And we're going to get into it. I don't want to get too far ahead. So he said, well, look, and so he's so mad. Come on, give me verse 3. He's so mad. What is he saying? Therefore now, O Lord, I beseech thee, my life from me. Take it. Take it. I beseech thee, he's begging, kill me. He's so mad, he's saying, you know what? Take my life. I don't even care about this life no more. I don't even want to be here anymore. Because I so much did not want to do this, I'd rather you had killed me than me having to do this. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, sometimes, that's some of the rebellion that we deal with, right? But we don't say, well, take my life. We'll say, I'll destroy my whole life. I'll destroy it all because you asked me to do this. Because I don't want to do this no more. So I'll kill it all. I'll let you, I, I'm going to kill my own life. I'm not going to give you a chance to make this right. I'm not going to give you a chance to do things that you said you was going to do because I don't trust you no more. Come on, you got to tell God sometimes, God, I don't trust you. Yes, I love you, but I do not trust you because of the pain and the anger that I've had to go through. I don't trust you like I used to. And that's what some of us are. We, we just don't trust God like that no more. We trust our check. We trust our, our, our ingenuity. We trust our weight. We trust what we feel comfortable with. Right? I got to have it my way. If I can have it my way, then I can trust God. No, that's called trusting self. Trusting God means it has to be an element that you do not control. That you do not have control over. That you have no surety that it's going to change unless he does it. The clock ain't running, so I'll just let you know now. I'm only on verse 3. I've already shortened it, but I need to know my time now. <laughs> Amen? I want to go through the whole chapter, but that's not going to happen. Um, 
It's not going to happen. I, I already can tell. See, it's only, four, it's only 15 minutes left. It ain't going to happen. So <laughs> <laughs> Amen? But this is what we do. And, they, and, and, and so we get so angry, we get so upset, that we say, you know what, I just, and this, well, this reckless behavior begins to start coming in. That's what the woman of God began to, uh, you know, uh, uh, warn us. Prophetess Portia warned us this week about uh, she sensing someone wanting to do something reckless. I said, God, cover me. I, ain't what I'm, it's not what's on my mind, but hey, help me. Maybe it ain't today. It could be next month. It could be by the end of the year. Sometimes we get a word and you feel like, oh, it's right then. No, no. Mm-mm. Most of the stuff that God be speaking ain't got nothing to do with right then totally. Sometimes it's so small that he's trying to talk to it before it get big. You done lost control of your mouth just a little bit. You already halfway done. You done had to stop yourself from cursing more than you ever have before. You already halfway done. Anger is building up. So this is the life, the life that he, he wants us to give to him. He wants us to give us this life. Give, he wants us to give us our lives. Amen? But he said, you know what? I, I hate that you even asked me to do this, God. And I know you're going to be good to them. I don't even want to live to see it. I wish I could mess it up. Sometimes, some of us, you, you're tired of seeing God be patient with them because it's affecting your life. <laughs> you don't want God to be patient with them no more. And that's the very fact that he's going to be patient. Because he's working on his timeline, not yours. We don't want God to be patient no more because we feel like God ain't patient with me like that. Yes, he is. Let's stop lying to ourselves. Let's stop comparing ourselves to other folks acting like that God just on, so on top of you and he ain't on top of them. It's a lie. It's a lie. He's just on top of them in a different way. It's a lie. Maybe you're just more open to his correction and that's good. So why get mad about something that's good? Maybe they're just more rebellious and it's going to take longer for them to get themselves together than you. And it's okay. Can you be a part of that process? Oh, come on, come on. This is, you talking about carrying the burden of Christ. The burden of Christ was to do what? Take on the sin of others. And I'm not saying take on the sin uh, to where you're saying, okay, I'm going to carry it for them. But sometimes we partake in the process of the burden being bare of somebody else's soul being saved. But if you trust God, you know they never got away. Nobody does. Nobody. And when you feel like you might have did, you didn't. It was just mercy. Amen? So he said, what? Take my life from me. For what's better for me to die than to live? I don't even want to be alive for this. I don't even want to see this. I don't want to be a part of this. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of being a part of your redemptive process. You, you trying to use me and other people's lives to try to help them be better. I don't want them to be better. I want me to be better first, and then I help them be better. Right? How I'm going to help other people if I ain't better? By, by helping them. It's going to help you be better. Come on, give me that scripture. <laughs> then said the Lord, doest thou well to be angry? He said, this is God's question. See, you know what? God asks you questions. When you're in a real conversation with God, God will ask you, how you doing with that? How's that going for you? Is th- are things getting any better your way? 
Yeah, you did it again, and you say you can't stop, but is that really true? You say you can't, you can't help it, I can't help myself, but is it really true? Is that really true? He said, well, are you doing well to be angry? Is this any good for you? But some of we really believe that anger is good. That it's the only last level of defense I got. It's my last level of defense from being hurt. It's anger. Because it's the most effective to push people away. Get people off my back. I can say things I don't mean. I can inflict pain on them. Right? You got any loose mouths in the house? When you get angry, your mouth get loose. <laughs> mouth get loose. I mean, you forget that you're talking to another individual that has a soul and emotions and a heart. That you begin to start saying things that are so hurtful that you, you I mean, you go for the jugular. You try to take them out. You try to do some injury with your mouth. How's that doing for you? How's it going? Is it helping the process? Or does it just help you out in the moment to feel better? Because in the moment, I got them back. Oh, you ain't going to do me like this. But they, yeah, they are. They are going to do you like that. Because you trying to get them back is not, not the answer. You've only started a new cycle for you to reap it again. You've only started a new cycle for you to reap it again. The only way to break the cycle is to plant a different type of seed. <laughs> Meaning you got to plant a seed that's spiritual, not fleshly. So now you have to plant a seed now that is saying, you know what, it's okay, it's all right, I understand. I forgive you. Come on, let's pray. You got to plant a seed now that says, I'm going to be patient through this and endure. And I'm going to trust that the end that God showed me is going to happen. And if I get angry at anybody, it's going to be the devil and not the person. Don't let the devil trick you out of your manifestation. Because he will. He'll try to trick you when you get real close. So are you doing well to be angry? Are you? Come on, let your neighbor say, are you doing well to be angry? Is it really protecting you? Does anger really protect you? Or does it open you up just to for it to cycle back around. All right, verse 5. So Jonah went out of the city, and what did he do? He sat on the east side. He sat down. He didn't even answer God. That's what we do, right? God answers us a question. We're like, man, I'm done with this conversation. You, an- you, ans- you ask him the wrong questions, God. So we just... Let me go sit down and see what happened. Let me go watch this. So he begins to make a booth. He said he made himself a booth, and he under it, and he sat under it in the shadow so he might see what would become of the city. This booth is what they used to make with the Feast of Tabernacles. And it's, it's a celebration of seven days where they would celebrate their you know, journey through the wilderness. This is a time where, really, they're supposed to just focus on God. They had an opening in the top, meaning they shut everything else out, and it was just up. That's all they had to, you know, really, really focus on. And they lived in it for seven days. They would sleep in it at night to commemorate them having to move through the wilderness and make tents, because that's pretty much what it is. It's a tent. They would, they would commemorate this journey of deliverance so they would remember so he's like, you know, let me, let, me, let, me, let me sit down and watch this. And this is what some of us need to do. You need to sit down and remember. 
Because sitting down is going to help you to remember. That's one of the first things it's going to do. It's going to help you to remember that God has done what he said in other areas. This just may be a different area. It may be a different process, but God has done what he said. He has been God. You might have forgot it. You might have not experienced it lately, but he has been the Lord. Yes, he has. But now in this particular situation, it seems like, oh, well, it don't seem like God is being who he is. Right? So he had to sit down. He sat down in this booth so he could do what remember and also he, so he could deal with his anger. It gives God a chance to deal with your anger. So again, I tell you, sit down. Make some room for him. Meaning carve out like an hour. And let him, this right here, God, this is what really got me upset. Carve out some time and keep on dealing with it because you know what? The heart holds a lot. This is why people say, from the bottom of my heart, I tell you. I mean, there's a bottom to your heart. That's why your cup can be filled to overflowing, meaning you are a container. We are vessels. I mean, you can hold a lot. This is why the enemy loves to try to influx you. So, because he knows, okay, from a legion, from a person who can hold a legion, that's over 5,000 devils, we can hold a lot. For us being able to send the Holy Spirit want to be inside us, meaning God wants to live in us. We have the ability in our souls and our spirits to hold a lot, the capacity. So there's more stuff that most of us in here are holding on to most of the time than what we really want to say. And some of the stuff is skewing the way that you're doing life. Because then it starts to come out in pride and entitlement that I don't have to wait no more. Because of the hurt and the pain that I've gone through, because of these different things, because I'm still angry about these different things, I deserve a certain type of life now, not later. You ever been there? God, give it to me now. Not later. Not waiting no more. Right? So he sat down in this booth. Look at your name and say again, sit down. Sit down. We're getting so busy. Sit down. Quit going to other stuff. Sit down. Sit down in the quiet. I'm talking about put your phone on silent or cut it off. You, we get so distracted. When the last time you sat down for 20 minutes without checking your phone, without checking a notification? I'm talking about in quiet and didn't go to sleep. <laughs> Sometimes you may have to sit down while you're standing up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you don't go to sleep. <laughs> but when the last time you've done that, to where God can now come, you can connect with him. So you can hear some truth and just open up your Bible and just tell God exactly what's going on. This is where I'm at. So what's going on with me? Deal with this anger in the pit that I can't get to. I can't get to it real good. Deal with this bitterness that I, I don't even want it more, no more. And this is what the Lord began to speak to me. Some of us saying, we don't even, you don't even want it no more. You're, you're tired of the anger. You're tired of being upset. You're tired of the no peace. You don't even want it no more. But it gets stubborn for it to leave once it's there. It gets bad. Right? And then sometimes there's just a little bit left. And that little bit is still causing trouble. Because that little bit is saying, you know what, no, don't give in yet. Wait a little bit longer. I'm waiting on God. God, like, I'm waiting on you to give it all up. I'm waiting on you to give me all your heart. Not just your mouth. I mean, not just all these words. I'm waiting on you to continuously give me your heart. Not just one time. 
right? I don't know about you, I have to continuously get my heart over and over and over again. Over and over and over and over and over, God, I give you me. I give you me. I get, deal with this, deal with that. I give you me because I want you. Amen? Don't give me verse 6. He's sitting there watching. He's saying he's trying to see what's going to become of the city, but as a prophet, he already knows. So he's like, I know you sent me. I know you sent me so you could save these wicked people. And I don't want them saved. So what does the Lord say this morning? He's preparing deliverance. The Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come over Jonah that he might overshadow his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. What you don't see is God is preparing deliverance. The tumultuous parts of your life, the ups and downs and all that other stuff, it is just a sign that God is preparing deliverance. It may not look like it's set right now. It may not look like things are together quite yet. But what Jonah couldn't see was God's preparation. This gourd was big enough to cover his head, meaning to cover him from what has been weighing on him, what has been beating up his mind. What's been beating up your mind? Because in your mind is what needs to be delivered. The Lord began to deal with me about it. This is the most vulnerable part that we have, is the mind. Everybody got access to it. God, the devil, people, me. Everybody got access to your mind. Everybody don't have access to your heart. But to a certain extent, everybody has access to your mind to a certain extent. Because you have to engage people with your mind at least, even if you don't engage them with your heart. So it's the most vulnerable part. So this is where he needs to deliver us, is our mindset. Your mindset is off. Our mindset gets off because of anger it begins to twist the way that we think twist our reactions it twists what we believe to be right right so he was exceedingly glad he was exceedingly glad why was he glad he was glad because God had now given him deliverance from grief now I begin to look at that and say, well, God, how is it that he says that he's angry? You said that he's angry. In the scripture, it said that he's angry. But the deliverance was from grief. For some of us, it is the disappointment of a loss that has you angry. For most of us, it is what you feel like you have lost that has you angry or what you fear that you're about to lose. See, grief is not just don't happen just because somebody dies. Sometimes grief happens because we have to give up something that we don't want to. You can grieve over a relationship. You ever done that? Had a little puppy love back in the day? You know? Break up with somebody and, and you upset you're upset, you know? You're grieving. It was a grief period. It may have been short. But the more the heart is involved, the more grief hurts. So let God deal with your grief. I mean, what do you feel like you lost or that you never had, that you feel like other people had a chance to get or that they experienced? What makes you jealous? What makes you envious? Most of the time, that's what you're grieving over. That thing in somebody else's life, or that thing that you see that you want, that you feel like you can't have, or that you feel like you deserve, you may be grieving over it. So therefore, anger now is, is in your soul. 
So God has to come, what, to deliver you from the grief of your situation. So let's be real with God and connect with him. Sit down. Just name again tell him, sit down. Say, again, I tell you, sit down. <laughs> I mean, be still. Quit running around everywhere. Sit down. Give God some time. Let him deal with that heart that's hurting. He wants to. Right? There's 120,000 people that he saved. But he was not happy about it. Babies, children, women. He was not happy about it. 120,000 people. God used this man, I mean, in a great deliverance. God can use you greatly, and you can be sad about it. <laughs> you can, because of the process of it. So I just want to encourage us today. <laughs> 